Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Shohei Otani is off the market, so where do the Angels go from here? Did the trade deadline's first big domino just fall in Major League Baseball? And the NCAA is a joke for going after Jim Harbaugh. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Now, what are baseball fans going to talk about? Shohei Otani has reportedly been pulled from the trade market, so we don't get to speculate about where he will end up, at least not before the deadline. We'll just have to wait until the offseason when we can, again, speculate where Shohei Otani will end up. I'm sure that is music to the ears of John Frisch from Locked on Angels, at least for the moment. It is music to your ears uh, that we do not have to talk about trade destinations. Why do you think this was the move that was ultimately made here for L.A.? I think it has everything to do with Artie Marino. I think it has everything to do with the loss of revenue that comes with losing Shohei Otani. He doesn't want to be the one to trade Otani. Uh, he, he wants to stake his reputation on being the one that kept Otani, but what would have been even better for Artie Marino if, is if he was the owner who won with Otani and he's got two months to make that happen. If you've got Otani on your team, this is your best chance of getting anywhere is with him on your team and the closest they've been since 2014, the last time they made the playoffs. My take on this a couple weeks ago was that if you have someone like Shohei Otani, you just have to do everything you can to try and keep him. And if you still do everything you can to try and keep him and he walks, at least your conscience is clear. Like mm. you can't be getting into asset counting mode when you have a guy who is this incandescent. Mm. What is your position on this move and what you think the rational thing is to do out of all this, even if maybe your heart might say something different? You know, I I feel like I've mentioned this before, but the ideal scenario might have been you trade Otani, you get your prospects, he comes back next year, right? Yeah. You're you're in better shape than you were right now. My fear, Peter, has been all along, the minute you let him walk through that door and he goes to the Orioles or the Rays or maybe even the Dodgers, I know that they were on the no-no list for the Angels, but the minute Otani sees how good other teams have it, in terms of their pitching labs and their analytics and the things that they can do to help starting pitching get even better. I think that's pretty appetizing to somebody like Shohei who constantly pushes himself to get better. I think that's a big fear that might have gone into this decision. The minute Shohei is gone and he sees how good other teams have it, that might put a, you know, pump the brakes kind of thought into his head about coming back to the Angels. But you're right. You have to do everything in your power to get him to stay. And you have two more months of negotiations exclusively with Shohei Otani. Look, I think all indications are that he's going to go to free agency. He wants to test it. He deserves to test it. Why wouldn't you test it? But at least the Angels now have the opportunity to keep negotiating and see if they can make something happen before the end of the season. Why is the easiest path forward not just give him all of the money? Let's just like, here's, here's pick a number and we'll, we'll pay it. Right. Right. I mean, honestly, I think 
that probably has already been a conversation with the Angels. They've always said they are going to go over the luxury tax for the right player. And I think Shohei Otani is that right player. But I think there's a huge part of him that wants to test free agency just to see what's out there. And at the end of the day, I don't think Shohei Otani cares about the money. And that is going to throw everybody to the floor. But the truth is, is that winning, I think, is the most important thing. A winning culture is the most important thing. I mean, he he turned down you know, millions of dollars early on in his career by staying in Japan and not coming over to the United States at a later age when he could have signed as a free agent. So he came over here to the U.S., got a minor league deal with the Angels. And and I think that just goes to show where the emphasis lies for Shohei Otani. I don't think it's going to be money. I think it's going to be how can you get me to the playoffs? What kind of culture do you have? And how can we win together? Stay up to date all year on the LA Angels by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Angels on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, will a major move from a wild card hopeful kick off a wave of trades in Major League Baseball? Before we get to all of that, Aaron Rodgers is giving back to the Jets. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land 200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the point total to who you think is going to hit the first home run. The Cubs and the Cardinals face off in St. Louis. FanDuel has tonight's matchup pretty close, but the Cubs as slight favorites. Chicago minus 110 on the money line. Of course, you can also combine multiple prop bets in a single game for a bigger payout with FanDuel. Same game parlay on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Aaron Rodgers is taking less. And not just taking less, signing a new deal that would pay him 30 plus million dollars less than he was otherwise owed to help out the New York Jets. Something, if I were petty, I would point out he never did in Green Bay with the Packers. John Butchko, not petty, joins me now from Locked on Jets. I think more importantly was the sound we heard from Aaron Rodgers off the top. And that was about this not being a one and done situation in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. What stands out to you about this to, to you? He also threw in a caveat that it depends on how the year goes. It depends on how he feels. And I think it's fair. I, look, I, I don't think that there's any NFL player who's 39 years old who can tell you with 100% certainty what they're going to do a year from now. I mean, you may remember, it was a few months ago, Aaron Rodgers said that back when he was going into the darkness that he was leaning towards retirement. But I think as much as anything, I, I kind of had this concern how invested was Aaron Rodgers with the Jets? I mean, was it just a case where he wanted to collect another paycheck? And I think the fact that he left $35 million on the table, that to me says that he's all in with this team. You know, it's, it's over two years. And look, I, I don't want to cry for Aaron Rodgers. He's still going to have an annual salary of $37.5 million. But I don't care how much money you've made through your career. Giving back $35 million to try and help your team, I mean, that's I think that speaks volumes for his views on what, what he wants this thing to be. And I think, I think it's clear he's all in. 
Colts owner Jim Ursay does not seem interested in rethinking the NFL's approach to handling running backs amid protests by elite players at the position over their contract negotiations. Ursay posted on social media Wednesday, we have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise in good faith by both sides. To say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. Running backs who are assigned the franchise tag are started for a one-year salary that is less than any other truly positional player. In fact, only kickers and punters receive less via the franchise tag. You may remember that um, Jonathan Taylor plays for the Colts, the Colts being the team that Jimmy Irsay owns. Seems like there's maybe a relationship there. The Cleveland Guardians got a win on the field against the Kansas City Royals and made a trade for a currently injured pitcher. Busy and eventful day Wednesday in Cleveland in terms of baseball. Guardians able to finish off a series win against the Kansas City Royals thanks to the offense 8-3. I'm Justin Latticos of Lockdown Guardians. Guardians moved to two games back in the division thanks to Seattle being able to hold off the Twins for the second straight day. Guardians win their third straight series in a row for the first time all year. They head into Chicago to face a beat-up White Sox team to hope to gain ground in the division as the Twins will play host to the Kansas City Royals this weekend. And the bigger news, the Guardians moved on from Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. They treated him to the Los Angeles Dodgers on Wednesday. In return, they get right-hander Noah Syndergaard, currently on the injured list, former Ahmed Rosario teammate in New York. Very bizarre trade, but an active day. We'll see what that means for the Guardians on the trading deadline market in the next week and how they will fill shortstop uh, in the rest of the season between their prospects and some other young players. Tune into Lockdown Guardians all week to hear more. The Rays request that they be woken up when July ends after a big loss to the Marlins. A horrible July continues for the Tampa Bay Rays. My name is Ulysses Sombrano, host of the Lockdown Rays podcast. 5-15 and 15 this month. Everything that can go wrong, goes wrong. Eflin only goes four innings against the Marlins. He got shellacked, uh, apparently left because of a left knee um, contusion or discomfort, and they're awaiting MRI results. He actually didn't stay at the trop for the post game. Uh, he left uh, immediately to get that MRI. Hopefully that's nothing to be concerned about, but obviously with Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs already lost for the season. You you gotta uh, keep your good vibes out there for Zach Eflin to, to not be hurt and to not be missing uh, much more time. For this and much more about your Tampa Bay Rays, check us out on any podcast platform, especially on YouTube, Locked on Rays, Rays up. Here is another story you need to know. If the LA Angels want to try and build a winner around Shohei Otani, they made a move last night to try and do it, which might signal another team with other assets potentially to give could be open for business. It's Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez headed to the city of Angels from Chicago. Our pal Sully from Locked On Major League Baseball joins me now. And Sully, this feels like the first domino to fall in what could be an eventful trade market. As a uh, as a proud member of Cal State Fullerton, let me just say he's not going to the City of Angels. He's going to Orange County. Okay, I, okay. Could, I'm sorry. There you go. I mean, let's 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 first of all get down to brass tacks. Um, I I was talking to our mutual friend Jeff Carr of Lockdown Reds about this. This uh, I saw the announcement that the Angels were not going to trade Shohei Otani, 
And I just said, yeah, right. And I thought it was a bluff. Like, okay, no, no, we're totally not going to trade Otani. And then I'm trying to pry away Jackson Holiday away from Baltimore. Um, but I have to say, um, if they're bluffing, this is quite a bluff. <laughs> uh, oh, and we're also going to trade uh, two apparently decent prospects to Chicago to bring in Giolito and to bring in Lopez. Um, I think this is, I think there's a lot of things going on here. And I don't think you can analyze this trade simply from a ball player for ball player situation. Mm -hmm. It's not just the Stratomatic trade. This is not just a fantasy baseball trade. There's a lot of other moving parts. And I've already seen a couple of people saying like, they gave up too much for Giolito and for Lopez. It's like, that's not just what's going on here. Yes, in a vacuum, it probably is. But we do not live in vacuums. We live in Orange County. And this is a critical juncture in the history of the Angels franchise to try to convince the second generational talent that has fallen into their laps to not skedaddle and to say, we are going to make an effort. We promise you. This is the equivalent of the guy who realized his wife is really mad at him, and he went. The only place open is a deli where they sell those flowers outside, and he's running home to give her deli flowers, saying, let's make it work. Let's make it work. I got you, Giolito. I got you, Lopez. We, we, we can make it work. And I think that's what's going on here. And it's to say, not only not going to trade him, but we're going to get the player that a lot of people have been wanting to get as you know, he's been linked to the – to Los Angeles, the the actual team that plays in Los Angeles, or he's been linked to uh, to this team, to that team, and now he's going to go to the Angels, who, as of this recording, are in third place for the third wild card place. But that's them saying, "Folks, get on board. <laughs> if we have to thumb on Louises, we're going to thumb on Louises, but we're hitting the gas and we're driving forward." And uh, I kind of admire is a little bit of too little too late maybe going on with the Angels, but they're like, oh, my God, are we really going to lose not just this player, but these massive streams of income and revenue to the team? Yes, there's what? Who, what are the names of the prospects? Um, who I wouldn't recognize if they walked in my house right now in full uniform. Yeah, um, it's it's left-hander Kai Bush and Edgar Carroll. Okay, the law firm of Bush and Carroll got sent to the Chicago White Sox, and I wish them all the best of luck. Maybe there'll be a combination of Jeff Bagwell and John Smoltz in terms of you know deadline deal prospects who turn into Hall of Famers. Chances of they're more likely them being the next Matt Laporta and Kyle Drabeck. That being said, yeah, all the best to you. But do you know what? There is no way that if those players made it to the major leagues, that any major Japanese corporation will be buying up billboards and ad space when they have their at-bats. There's no way that people are going to be traveling from all over the world waving flags to see them play. And so the Angels are realizing, God, this could really happen. And they had to proverbial, do the proverbial activity or get off the pot because if they didn't trade him now, then, you know, I mean, they, they really had three, they had two real options. And, and I think they should do option one at this point, which is just call up 
he's Boris, right? Boris holds the keys, right? Um, to say, what's it going to take? Everyone has a number. Tell me your number. And then whatever number they say, hand over that check. Because it will be worth every penny. Follow all the moves at Major League Baseball's trade deadline by following and subscribing to Locked On Sports today. And of course, Locked On MLB, wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, we look at the latest reason why the NCAA is a joke. A recruiting investigation completed. Level one violations found. And what does this all mean for the NCAA? Why on earth did they spend all these resources to suspend Jim Harbaugh for four games that his team can probably sleepwalk through anyway? Locked on Wolverines host Isaiah Hole finds all this ridiculous. They, they would have been better off just hand, handing whatever recruits were there uh, just a bag of cash when they went to the brown jug rather than buying him a hamburger. It's absolutely absurd. Four games for that, right? Meanwhile, Tennessee's out there being like, hey, um, I guess you, you can take a couple scholarships. I mean, that, that's a big fine, you know, essentially. But man, is that just weak compared, you know, compared, to, like, compared to what Tennessee was doing under Jeremy Fruitt. Uh, and it was obvious, right? They were blatantly cheating SMU style from what it kind of seems like. And yet, Jim Harbaugh is getting uh, chastised to the nth degree for buying a hamburger. Now, it, it wasn't the, it was just like with Jim Trestle, it wasn't the crime, it was the cover up of the crime. But here's what I, how I look at that. The NCAA is out there acting like, uh, like they have, uh, like they're Sandra Bullock from Bird Box, right? They can't see anything that's happening at other programs that are obviously doing some stuff, right? They're, they're just out there like, uh, there's nothing to see here. Officer Barr Brady, nothing to see here. Yet, when it comes to, to this thing with Michigan, you knew that this was going how this was going to go down. So, yes, Jim Harbaugh, what, you know, he claimed that he, he didn't really remember or whatever. But the, the, the truth of the matter is, is if he would have been forthcoming and been like, yeah, I bought that, then th they would have come down just as hard. Like, you admit it. On some level, I understand the outrage. College sports fan indignant that college coach was punished for doing a thing all college coaches do we know these recruiting violations are commonplace they have been for decades so i get it when people are annoyed by them but that's why we have rules and there were things done clearly wrong clearly violations of the conduct that is expected of these coaches. And it probably matters that Jim Harbaugh is Jim Harbaugh. It matters that Michigan is Michigan. And in a lot of ways, if you're a fan of that school, you want your coach held to a higher standard. You are holding your coach to a higher standard. You believe you are a special institution. You're a blue blood college football program. You have to hold yourself to a higher standard. When they go low, we go high. That's supposed to be how this works. Except... No, no college football fan feels that way, really. They just want to win at all costs. And that's been true, again, for decades. So either let's just enough. Let's just throw the book out. Or let's stop worrying about 
the punishment of being four games or two games or none games. This is basically a none game suspension because it doesn't matter if he's going to coach for Michigan for these four games. And it's not going to tarnish his legacy, let's be honest. And he's not getting fired. So this is just a nothing burger that Jim Harbaugh would have with a glass of milk. And finally, the RNA and the United States Golf Association proposed a modified local rule that would mandate the type of golf ball a professional golfer could use in a tournament. The new type of golf ball would travel up to 14 or 15 yards less than the current golf ball when hit by the longest hitters with the fastest club head speed. Jay Monahan said, nah. Although there have been some level of support for limiting future increases, he said there is widespread and significant belief the proposed modified local rule is not warranted and not in the best interest of the game. Good to see Monahan finally putting his foot down on something. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, now that Otani is off the market, who is the biggest fish in the MLB trade deadline C? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.